welcome to the Squats and Signs podcast hosted by USA National Team Head Coach Aaron Comesti and SNS Barbell Owner and Coach Joe Cristando. In this podcast, we go over various powerlifting topics in detail and use real-life examples to help you better understand key concepts. Welcome to Squats and Science Podcast, Episode 17. I'm Coach Joe Cristando, and I'm joined with Coach Arian. How's it going, dude? Not much. Just, uh, I think, over here, week number seven of quarantine. I think we're on week 500. <laughs> Feels like it. At least you guys have sun. We have sun, but it's also hot, so I stay inside mostly. Yeah, there's air conditioning. Yeah, I might go outside for like a, a phone call or maybe for like a grocery store. But yeah, most of the time I'm, I'm just in my room. Go to Publix and go home. Yeah, I got to hit up Publix, get those those subs when they're on sale. Yeah, it's good good calorie per dollar right there. Yeah. Get your macros. Um, all right, what are, we, what are we talking about today? Uh, so I know you put together the, the at-home training. For people from the gym and whoever else that wants to do um, workouts at home when they don't have access to the gym. But mm-hmm. there are some gyms opening up now and I hear people posting online, hey, what should I do when I uh, get back to the gym? So I thought it'd be a good idea for us to then make a kind of return to the gym uh, training program for everyone. Right. Um, so we did that. Jacob, Coach Jacob, and you collaborated on that. Uh, and I guess today we're just going to go over uh, so how, where to find it, number one, and also just um, explaining some of the, the thought process and protocol for what we did with that. Um, so let's start with the basics and where where can everyone find this program? Yeah, so as we go over everything uh, in this podcast, um, as long as the person's not uh, in their car driving anywhere, they can go pull up the program and follow along as we're going through everything. So we'll have the description um, link in there on whatever site you're using to listen to the podcast episode. And then also we'll put it in our, our Instagram bio um, where they can go find it. So they can go look at it and follow along as we're doing this episode. And then they can always download it and uh, do the actual training. Yep. We'll have it on our individual Instagrams too for you to, to take a look at. Um, all right. So let's take a look at... So we have two we have two programs on one sheet here. Um, do you want to just explain a quick difference between the two? Yeah. So when the person opens it up on Google Sheets, is what we use, they'll see a bunch of different tabs, and some of the tabs they might not use at all, depending on what kind of setup they have. So the first tab they're going to look at is going to be a little intro tab, and that's going to just have some information about what the purpose of each tab is, just like we're explaining here, some links to our, our website, um, email to contact us if I have any questions, that kind of stuff, just generic information. Um, then the next tab is gonna be the athlete profile. They can put in their, their one rep maxes if they want to kind of, and they can do it kind of like either what the previous one rep max was and then kind of track it going forward and other goals they have, that kind of stuff. And also you'll see the overall um, graphs of all the training volume there. So they can kind of compare two programs we have, which is what the other tabs are, is we have a program for people that have been doing some training. If they have some kind of squat rack 
at home or maybe some bar and weights at home and they're doing some lighter squat bench deadlift and different variations um, and accessory work then they can do the one that's called training and then if they had access to nothing or maybe they didn't want to do anything maybe they're doing some body weight stuff push-ups uh, lunges uh, pull-ups that kind of stuff or maybe doing cardio then they haven't been doing anything closely related to powerlifting for two months then they want to do the tabs that say no training um, the difference being that it just has less volume, especially in the, the first couple of weeks to kind of um, help with that transition of going from pretty much doing nothing to getting back to the barbell work. And then those are the, the tabs broken up into kilograms and pounds, depending on what kind of weights you're using. So the benefit of the kilogram one is that we have our plate loader in there. So it helps you with figuring out what plates to load based on the, uh, the load that's given in there or that you enter yourself. And then we also have the pound version where we just get rid of the, the plate loader uh, and then you can do it the same program in pounds. Yeah, so make it easy for you no matter what you're using. Um, <clears throat> so the primary difference between those blocks are is just mostly volume, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, so let's take a look at um, uh, a macro view of these training blocks and uh, just dissect it from there a little bit. So they're five weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of variation here for each person, depending on what kind of training they've been doing, if they have been doing training, what they were doing before they took the time off, what kind of strength levels they're at. Um, de depending on that, all those variables, it might take them two weeks to get back. It might take them five weeks to get back. It might take them eight weeks to get back to where they were before. Um, but we were trying to kind of cover as many people as we can. So Jacob decided to do a five-week training block where the, the first two weeks are very much intro, uh, much easier, and then three weeks are kind of like building back up to hopefully get you back to where you were. Right. Um, and the first two weeks are only three days a week. Um, and I believe we did this because it, it, uh, it's a little bit of an easing into training. Um, one, I think that if you just threw somebody into four days, it might be hard to uh, to get adherence to that. Um, and two, you might end up crippling them, or just the DOMs might be might actually have a uh, a carryover into each workout, and it'll make it difficult for training. Yeah, even if you have been doing training at home, if you haven't had access to enough equipment or enough weights, then maybe you can't go very heavy. Maybe you're only doing 40 to 60 percent so even if you have been doing training in the 40 60 percent maybe 8 to 15 reps um, jumping back in and doing your regular training at maybe 70 to 85 percent and whatever three to six reps then it's it's still going to be a, a big change for you you're still going to get a lot of soreness that first session um, and maybe even the first week so yeah we figured hey let's just start off with less training days um, and that second day, if you're following along, you'll see it's all accessory work. There's no uh, barbell movements unless you want to implement and adjust it to put a barbell movement in there. But that's mm -hmm. a very, very basic um, and very similar to what maybe someone's been doing if they have been training to kind of, yeah, again, ease them in. We're not trying to push them right into the deep end of the pool. You know, if they have been doing some training, we want to ease them in uh, three times a week, week one, three times a week, week two. And then week three, by then you should be recovered to do a, a full um, for training sessions. Yeah. And by week three, I think most 
athletes um, will be able to recover between those sessions and the DOMS will have uh, dissipated a little bit and you should be able to get to training normally. Yeah, and the, and the other thing as well specific to this scenario, while you can use this program for any time you have a long layover and you're getting back in the gym, for this scenario, your gym might be opening back up, but in a limited capacity. They might only allow certain days, certain times, certain number of people. Um, so it's easier to figure out a way to schedule the three sessions in um, in a week versus four or five or six sessions with that limited uh, capacity or maybe different restrictions at your gym. Yeah, definitely. I think most people can get the three days in, no problem. Um, and then hopefully after two weeks, we'll have some normalcy. <laughs> um, all right. So how how does the volume and intensity progress on these uh, two blocks? I think they're pretty similar, but the volume's a little bit different. But um, yeah, so what's the progression here? Yeah, yeah, the overall trend for both programs um, are the same. And if you are following along, you can go to the athlete profile tab and scroll down and you'll see the, the graph with the volume broken down into squat, bench, and deadlift for each week. And then below that is the table of the actual the numbers um, broken down into each week again. So you can see that that overall trend is starting lower and slowly increasing from week to week. Uh, and then you can also see that the highest volume is going to be the bench press. And then the second will be the squat and then the lowest will be the deadlift, which is pretty common for people when they do program for the three competition lifts. So that's the overall uh, progress of the volume. The intensity, you can't see it on these graphs uh, because we're not using a set load. But if you go to the actual training tab, you can see it by looking at the RPE column. So if you're following along, you can see for weeks one and two, you're doing all RPE six and seven work. So the intensity is low. You're leaving lots of reps in the tank because we're dealing with that, that soreness and having to kind of get your uh, recovery back. And then you'll see starting in week three, you'll start seeing RPE eight work in there. Um, same thing in week four and um, in week five. So you can see that there's a transition in the intensity going up with the volume going up. The, the, the way that it's, you're able to go up in the volume intensity is because you're starting at such a low point and kind of building back what you've already had Right. I think we may have talked about this in the previous episode too, but when you're getting back into training after a layoff, especially if you're a advanced or, or intermediate uh, athlete, you, you can basically just linear progress for the first couple of weeks um, if you start low enough. Um, so we, we have RPs in here, but I would recommend somebody starting at 50% the first week um if you haven't been training at all and uh you can basically just build off of that um like you were just saying yeah yeah i mean the, the most basic thing someone can do would just be like yeah let's say three sets of five kind of like a starting strength method and start really light and build back up every single session or maybe you do two different protocols which you discussed before three sets of five and four sets of three and you build up every week um, but what we want to do with this program is kind of maybe go one step above that, make it a little bit better, make some little adjustments over that that linear progression, um, which we'll talk about more um, coming up of why we chose specific exercises and specific rep ranges um, to improve it over just kind of being monotonous and doing three to the five every session, every single week until you get back to normal. Yeah, so why don't we just dive right into that and then talk about the exercise 
um, selection and uh, the difference in reps for each of these programs uh, and, and just thought process behind that? Yeah, so one of the first things uh, lifters will see if they're following along is week one, day one for both programs, tempo squat, tempo bench, tempo deadlift. So this was a idea that Jacob put in there, and I, and I really liked the idea. One could be that maybe they're already doing tempo movements if they are training at home because it's a way to kind of get um, higher relative intensity with lighter weights that you have access to and, lighter, and equipment that you have access to. So it kind of mimics what you may have already been doing. And the other thing is, whether you have been doing something or haven't been doing something, this kind of gives everyone a restart. So the way I think about it is there's a lot of people out there that maybe have average technique or maybe even below average technique, or maybe they have faults that always happen when they go to heavier weights. So maybe they, their, their knees shoot back in the squat, maybe their elbows flare in the bench press, maybe their back rounds in the deadlift, but they never want to kind of do a restart, go back down and start over again because they see everyone else progressing and getting stronger and there's always another meet coming up. So they feel like they have to keep going, but this allows you like, Hey, I haven't been doing anything or very little for past six, eight, 12 weeks, however long this lasts. Um, coming back, let's start off fresh. So with the tempo squat bench and deadlift, you can start your technique fresh, start with light weights, go slow and, and learn your proper positioning and your bracing and everything like that. So that hopefully when you can, build yourself back up, your technique is going to be much better than it was before. Yeah, I, I really like this idea too. Uh, it's the perfect time to try and address some of these technical issues if you have them. Um, and the tempo work is, is, is a really good tool to do so. Um, obviously, you need to know what you're trying to address. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but for most people, I think that they're smart enough to figure that out. Um, and then, yeah, as you get back into normal training, you should be able to um, get some carryover from any of the adjustments you've made here uh, into your normal training. Yeah. Uh, and depending on the person, they may not have a meet plan coming up. or Maybe they don't even have access to a meet coming plan. Uh, there, coming there, up. Are, there are no meets. <laughs> yeah. But, but someone who might come back, um, someone might who come back into the gym in June and has to compete at Raw Nationals and maybe trying to make a team or something like that, feels like the turnaround time is very short and they need to get right back into prepping for Raw Nationals. But if you're coming back in June and you're like, hey, I'm not going to compete this year. I'm just going to start over again, let this virus uh, kind of die out, see what this, what things are like next year and start competing in next year, then that gives you a, a lot more of an off-season, if you want to call it, to really hone in, like we said, on, on fixing that technique. Yeah, definitely. I... I, I... I think people are going to, a lot of people are going to end up doing that um, instead of just trying to jam a meet in, especially nationals, because that is a tight turnaround. Some people might be fine with it, but um, yeah, you have a lot of time to, to, to just get better as a lifter technically. Um, and s some of the stuff on this program can help you with that. Yeah. And then moving along to day three of week one, um, you can see that. We have competition squat, competition bench, and competition deadlift. And the reason why I like that Jacob put that in there is that you're going right back into practicing your competition lift. Um, whether you have been practicing it or not during this break, you always want to be practicing your skill and you want to be maintaining that skill. So if you've been training less or, or not at all during this break, then your skill has gone down, which is part of the reason why your one rep max is going to be lower when you get back to the gym. So the first thing you do week one when you get back is start practicing that skill to bring it back up. 
Um, so you're getting both the volume to kind of bring that muscular hypertrophy back, and then you're also getting the skill to bring that kind of central nervous system and that skill acquisition back to kind of get you back to where you used to be. Yeah, and there's two SBD days, so you actually get to work on uh, all three on two separate days here. Yeah, and so again, we're, we're condensing into the three sessions to uh, start off with, so might as well just do SBD days, get that full body workout, work on your technique for all three. Um, again, work on your deadlift technique after you're a little bit fatigued after squats, and then just kind of get back to where you were before. Right. And the, the load, the intensity should be low enough where you, you should be able to get through these. No problem. You might be a little, your conditioning might be, <laughs> might be a little shot, but, uh, it'll come back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you might be breathing uh, a little bit heavy. Uh, I mean, um, for week one, day three, you got sets of nine on squat and bench and, and uh, one set of eight on deadlift. So it is high rep stuff. You might be breathing a little bit, but again, it's RPE six or seven. And for squat and bench, it's only three sets and deadlift, it's only one set. So you're only taking two breaks for a squat and bench and you're basically just warming up and doing one set for deadlift and then you're done. So it shouldn't take you that long, even if you do take seven minute rest or eight minute rest. Right. And um, so, yeah, let's move along. Week two is basically the same, except the deadlift volume goes up a tiny bit, right? Yeah. Deadlift volume goes up a tiny, a tiny bit from one set of eight to uh, two sets of eight squad bench uh, volume stays the same. But the thing is now that, now you've kind of gone back into the groove of things. You're mentally back in the gym. You're training again. The soreness has gone down a little bit. You kind of figured out your setup and your technique again. And so at those same RPEs, you should be able to do a heavier weight. Right. Yeah, the intensity should go up for sure. And um, even yeah. on, uh, I was just going to say, even on day one for the tempo work, you can even keep the weight the same on that um, on purpose, even if it is easier. Again, just to practice your skill and maybe keep your, your uh, recovery a little bit higher, your 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 muscle damage a little bit lower to prepare you for that day three, so you can take a bigger jump of weights on that those, those competition lifts. Yeah, definitely. And and I would probably advise to be a little bit more conservative about um, weight selection the first couple weeks, um, for the reasons that we've already mentioned. But yeah, you don't need to go crazy. Um, yeah. Week three is where it changes up. Um, so what happens here? Yeah, week, week three is kind of like where, where it really begins. You kind of got the, the two-week intro block done, and now you're kind of getting into the real training, which is the four times a week. Um, day one and day three now have competition squat and competition bench, um, and day one has competition deadlift. So we're taking away those tempos, and now we're bringing back more competition work to kind of hone in that skill more. And naturally, by switching from the tempos to the competition lifts, you're going to be moving heavier weights. Right. Yeah, and um, you still want to try and maintain any of that technical uh, work that you were doing on the tempo stuff. Um, and then day four on here, we have another deadlift day, and as well as some some back work, which I'm I'm a big fan of this, uh, the pause deadlift. Um, again, this is I would say this is for technical work, um, if to address any issues you might have. Uh, also, a little bit of extra time under tension. Um, never hurt hypertrophy i don't think uh i'm not sure how you how you feel about that yeah for now that we're doing four times a week we took day three and took the deadlift off and put it into his own day um 
So it gives you a little bit more kind of focus on deadlift technique and then also being able to get that accessory work. Like you said, the, the lap pull down and also you get on day two, you get lap pull down and bent over rows to get more of that back work in. Um, and again, yeah, the, the three count pause deadlift is for mostly for technique work. And then also, yeah, some time under tension and some of that volume will get you some hypertrophy. Um, and the technique work I think is good for either stance. So for sumo, if you're pausing very low to the ground or at least below the, the knee, it really works on that positioning off the ground, which is what you really need in sumo. You don't want to be sitting down too much or being too forward or anything like that. Um, so this will kind of get you that pause develop to work on that technique. So when you stop, you try and feel, am I in the correct position? And then it's just lockout, which is the easiest part for sumo if you're keeping the back straight. And then for conventional, again, there's still techniques. Maybe it's not as much off the ground as sumo, but again, you're working on that technique and you're fatiguing yourself a little bit going into lockout and you can just work on basically bringing those hips through. So right after you pause and you're going past the knee, then you want to be thinking about bringing those hips through as fast as possible. So working on those little things that a lot of people have issues with. Yeah, you probably get a nasty back pump too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so week four is still four days, but now we actually see a change in um, in volume and rep schemes, right? Yeah, so as the, the volume and the intensity are going up, uh, we're bringing the, the reps per set down a little bit and then getting higher RPEs to get that higher intensity. So um, what Jacob decided to do, which I see a lot of coaches do, is instead just doing straight sets across, five sets of five at the same weight or whatever, six sets of four at the same weight, he's doing basically a set of five at RP6, a set of five RP7, and a set of five RP8 for squat, bench, and Della for day one and two. So that kind of gets you up to a little bit of higher intensity to start feeling those heavier weights. So if you kind of really, really transitioned uh, through those three weeks well, then you're coming to week four and you're doing that set of five RPA, you probably won't be at your PR or hitting a new PR, but you'll be getting close to it. You might be whatever, 5% away, maybe 10% away, um, but you're not, you're not doing like 50% anymore. Right. Yeah. And that, that's going to be a, um... The heaviest thing you've done in a while for most people i think yeah so week four you're back in your groove you can really start kind of gauging where you at uh with each of the lifts using that set of five um with rp8 to get a little bit of strength a little bit of volume in and that same thing is repeated in week five so that you can kind of set your baseline in week four and then try and improve upon it on week five right uh same thing with the deadlift where you we got these sets of five in here working up to us to an RP eight um, to give you a shot at uh, just trying to get some heavier weight on the bar. Yeah. And then, and then again, now the SPD on day one is split. The Delif is on to day two to kind of split the work. That way you're not in the gym all day trying to work up to these RP eights uh, sets of five. And it gives you a little bit of recovery where you can come back in the gym and start over on deadlift with good technique and kind of see where your base is for that. Right. I think people are going to want to be in the gym for a long time, though. They're going <laughs> yeah. to miss it so much. But th that's where the uh, the accessory work is in, in there. So if you're <laughs> looking at week four, day one, you'll see Jacob put uh, option after the competition bench to do either a feet up bench or a Larson bench um, for a few sets. And then obviously you have all the bodybuilding work in there for all the weeks. So you got biceps on day one. You got lat pull down on day two, triceps on day two. Um, 
So you can kind of also warm up on those exercises and then do three heavy sets on those um, to spend more time in the gym. Yeah, and a good amount of reps for hypertrophy too. You build some of that muscle back up that you might have lost when when you took the time off. Um, and then day three on week four is a little bit different too, right? Yeah, so now that you're pushing the intensity a little bit more on day one and two, then day three and four become a little bit more recovery. Um, and, and the way we're doing that is through uh, pause squats. And well, we already had the pause delifts the week before, and we're repeating the pause delifts this week. Um, basically work with uh, lower um, absolute intensities and kind of work on technique. Um, with the pause squats and deadlifts, you can also do these beltless if you want to, again, do lighter weight and focus on your technique and bracing properly and not using the, the belt as a crutch. Yeah. You don't need to push it super hard. Um, <clears throat> the pauses force the auto regulation too, like you were just saying. Um, then week five is probably the one that everyone's going to be excited for. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, day one and day two. Are the same as week four, where you're doing the the RP uh, six, seven, and eight for the set of five. But Jacob also threw in there, and you'll see that he bolded it. Is now you're getting your 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 heavy single. So he's throwing a set of one in there for squat, bench, and deadlift on day one and day two. Starting off again lighter. So RP six to seven is what he has in there, where a lot of people normally will do RP eight to nine when they're really uh, deep into their training. Yeah. Yeah, you probably don't want to go um, that high on the range, um, most likely just because conditioning and um, technical skill is probably not going to be 100% yet. It, it might be. I mean, if you're, um, I don't know, if you're a, a freak and you can get it locked in, but four weeks is probably not enough to be at your best, I don't think. Yeah, but uh, week four... You're doing the the set of five at RP8. So that's around what your seven rep max is at that time. And then week five, you're doing the set of one RP6 to seven. So if you say RP7, that's going to be around a four rep max. So now we're, we're, we transition from working with weights that are our seven rep max to working with weights that are four rep max. So we're kind of moving up that intensity and kind of getting a better gauge of where you're at after a month back in training. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can you can actually uh make a pretty good assessment of this based on how it moves um if it's really fast and it looks good technically then you could maybe make the assumption that you're not too far off uh your one rm um or you're going to get there closer than than you probably thought uh i i i liken this single as like the carrot on the end of the stick (laughs) just gotta you gotta hold it in front of them just get them get them there (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i mean yeah like weeks one through three is uh, i see that's like yeah you gotta eat your vegetables you gotta <laughs> eat. and then week four and five you start getting that dessert <laughs> I, want, I just want the dessert how do i just get the dessert <laughs> just skip the vegetables <laughs> um other than yeah. the single everything else is the same as the previous week i believe yeah yeah so again week one uh or sorry day one and day two you're doing the high intense, higher intensity work. Now you're getting the single in with the sets of five. So then three and four are going to be a little bit lighter using the pause squats and the pause deadlifts to kind of work on technique, keep the weights on the on the bar lighter. Like I said, again, you can do these belt lifts to keep them even lighter. For bench, for both the weeks on day three, 
it's maintaining competition benches because you can recover on benching your upper body a lot faster than the lower body. Right. Um, all right. So that, that gives everyone a, a little bit of an overview of how this program works and thought process. What uh, Some people are going to be probably wanting to make some adjustments here. So what would you recommend if anyone was going to hack this up a little bit to, to do? Yeah, so some of the adjustments um, could be what you see in the, the, the no training version. So if you have been doing nothing, some of the differences we made is, like I said, we brought the volume down lower. So the squat is about 15% less volume um, for the entire five weeks and bench and Della for about 10% less volume for the entire five weeks. Um, and if you go look at the individual protocols, a lot of the protocols will be less reps per set because if you've been doing no training, it might be very difficult to jump right back into eights or nines um, versus if you have been doing some training at home, you're probably doing higher rep work already and it's easier transition. So, so yeah. those are some of the adjustments between the, just the two blocks themselves that you can see that kind of what our thought process is. So people can kind of continue on that if they want to. So for either block, um, just looking at the training block um, where they have been training before, week one, day three, you're doing three sets of nine on squat and bench, and you're doing one set of eight on deadlift. If you don't want to do that many reps per set, maybe it's too high for you, uh, maybe you don't enjoy it, whatever like that, then you can do less reps per set and then adjust the number of sets to kind of match the same amount of volume. So three sets of nine, you could do maybe four sets of seven or four sets of six even instead to try and get the same um, same adaptation. Right, and conditioning is definitely going to be a factor. So a set of nine might end up crippling you if you if you haven't been training, um, if you've just been sitting for two months, three months. Yeah, if your if your technique feels really off, um, the bar is like sliding down your back or something like that, and you're just breathing hard and you're, you're kind of cutting your depth and stuff. Yeah. Instead of doing nine reps per set, do six reps per set and throw in an extra set and you can rest that whatever eight minutes to make sure you can kind of complete the, the next set. Yeah. You just end up equating the volume. So it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. Um, so that, that's one adjustment that I could think of. Um, the other adjustment I could think of is with some of the accessory, a lot of it we did leave open. So you can see we basically said pick whatever bicep exercise you want, pick whatever tricep exercise you want, depending on what you have access to and what you enjoy doing. But some stuff are a little bit more strict, like we have the strict press in there, the lat pull down in there, where you can adjust those. If you don't have access to a lat pull down, then do another uh, vertical pull exercise. It, can, it could be a pull up. It can be a chin up. It can be whatever that kind of mimics it, a dumbbell pullover or something like that. Same yeah. thing with with the strict press. Strict press, you can adjust it. If you want to do it with the barbell, if you want to do it with dumbbells, um, if you don't want to do strict press, you can do incline, you can do push press. So you can adjust it to get close enough to the exercise we have in there based on what you have access to and what you want to do. Yeah, I think those are solid suggestions. I would even say if you're – the one I would recommend is if you feel coming into training that you have been training semi-regularly – um, and you've technically, you think you're good to go. I would say you could probably sub the tempo work for comp stuff too. Um, but I'm going to caveat that by saying there's probably not many people who are in that boat. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you have been training pretty much normal this whole time, like you had access to a combo rack and, and all the weights and you've been doing all your training like normal that you probably don't even need this block. You just continue whatever training you've been doing. 
So anyone that kind of falls in that group would, would not be doing this. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that... but, but yeah, you can make that adjustment and maybe you can kind of take um, a little bit of each. So you can do some tempo squats as your warm up going up. So you do maybe two sets of four um, with two different weights, warm up weights going up to kind of get that tempo squat work in, hone in that technique with your warm up weights, and then do kind of two working sets of, of competition squat at a heavier weight. Yeah. I would also maybe suggest leaving the belt off for a week or two. Um, just getting comfortable with moving and not not having to worry about it. I think for me personally, when I get back into training, it it's like this mental uh, buffer thing where when I put the belt on, I, I usually will start pushing the intensity more. Um, maybe it's some kind of conditioning thing. I don't mental conditioning. I don't know. <laughs> but um, just to get back into it, I would just focus on the movements themselves and try and eliminate some of the other variables. Yeah, I mean, part part of the the reason for the belt being beneficial and then also being disadvantaged sometimes is that it restricts your movement. It's trying to restrict that that area and those joints, and so that can help you move bigger weights if you know how to use it correctly. But that can also restrict your positioning um, if you have technical issues, especially if you're kind of coming back and and maybe your your flexibility isn't what it was before, your skill isn't what it was before, your body weight isn't what it was before. So yeah, you can just kind of start without the belt and work on a lot of those things I know you guys push a lot at the gym, which is breathing properly, um, keeping the rib cage down, um, expanding that midsection. So you can kind of work on those things with lighter weights without the belt. Um, and then you can put the belt on and try and mimic those positions when you have a tight belt on. Yeah. I also think it, I mean, it, it does make lighter weights harder um so relative uh output or intensity is gonna go up without actually having to put weight on the bar um and you just literally just have to focus on the movements themselves and nothing else uh and then after two weeks when you're comfortable and everything feels good you can start throwing it back on yeah yeah uh, and other adjustments again just it's just the the assistance work, if they want to make adjustments to it, depending on what they have access to. Um, for day two, if you don't want to do uh, leg extension or lunges, then you could do something else. You can do a Bulgarian split squat. If you have access to a leg press, you can do that. If you have a belt squat, you can do that. Um, basically, just getting that that kind of knee extension work in, working mm -hmm. those quads, but not necessarily loading up the, the back as much as doing a squat. Yeah. Um, other things I, I see on here would be like going into uh, week week four, um, you start getting incline dumbbell bench. Maybe you don't have access to an incline, so you can do maybe a, a, a dumbbell overhead press, or you can do even just a dumbbell flat or decline. Um, it's better than than not doing anything at all. Or you can even do my new favorite variation, which is the reverse grip bench, which hits uh, <laughs> the upper chest. I'm afraid people are going to decapitate themselves trying to do that. <laughs> that. That's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, man, this thing's going to slip out of my hands. But every time I've done it and I unrack it, it, it feels so solid. Um, and, you, and you do feel it in the upper chest. And I even went and looked up research studies on it. And it says it hits those uh, the pec major up in the, the clavicle um area so it actually activates the upper chest so if you don't have access to a incline you only have a flat bench 
then that's like an adjustment that you can make. Are you going to be one of those guys who does that grip in competition just to be just to be <laughs> con- contrarian? <laughs> People are all wondering. I have to look at the rule book again of whether it's actually allowed or not. But like just thinking about the top of my head is like if you're gripping the bar and your thumb is around the bar and uh, you're not past the, the maximum grip width, um, then you're meeting all the requirements and the yeah. reverse grip should be allowed. Yeah, I don't know why. Why would it be illegal? Should, should I, I know people said in other feds. I think in USPA it is allowed, but people weren't sure whether it would be allowed across all federations. Huh. I'm gonna do a meet and, and use it just to just, <laughs> just for the hell of it. <laughs> use everyone. Uh, yeah, just confuse the shit out of people. Um, all right, I, I think that that's a pretty good overview. Um, so yeah. what hap- what happens after somebody finishes one of these blocks? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a few things that I can think of so what someone can do after they complete these five weeks. And part of it just depends on what they were doing before as far as programming uh, or where they want to go forward in programming. And part of it could be, again, what kind of competitions they have coming up. If they do have something coming up in four to six months, or maybe they're not planning on doing anything for six to nine months, whatever it is. Um, but one thing you can do is look at week four and five. As we said, week four is going to have that set of five at RP8, and then week five is going to have that top single plus the set of five RP8. So if you're progressing on that from week four to week five, you don't have to completely just drop everything and switch to something brand new. You can kind of repeat either week four or week five and see if you continue to progress. So if your five out of eight is maybe 10% below your PR on week four, and then let's say 5% below on week five, well, then keep going, see if you can get to maybe 3% below on week six, and then see if you can match it on week seven, and kind of see if you can just push that progression forward a few more weeks doing the, the same programming. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Um, you could even just go back to week three and run week three, four, and five again um, in a row. And you could even, if you want to get real fancy, add just add a couple extra sets of the comp lifts on week three. And then keep that reduction on four and five and, and try and push the um, the intensity like you were saying. Yeah. If, if you go from week four to week five and you don't make that big of a weight jump um, on those top sets, or maybe you do end up doing the same weight and you think you're not going to be able to do any more on week six, then yeah, you can go back to week three, get some higher volume work in on the higher reps uh, per set. Maybe like you said, throw in a set or two to kind of bump up the volume further then go back again to week four and five and see if you can improve after a week of doing the higher volume stuff. Yeah, I think most people probably can actually ride that wave for a couple weeks before they hit the wall. Um, and you don't need to get uh, super complicated about training when you when you um, first get back into the gym. You, you could keep it pretty simple like that. Yeah, and then just the, the other general guideline I could think of, um, if someone wants to transition to another program is try and match the frequency um, and if you can similar volume so on week five you're squatting and deadlifting two times and you're benching four times so you don't want to go down to something that's benching one time or you don't want to go up to something that's uh, squatting five times because that change in, in frequency is most likely going to change the volume drastically too and you're doing something too extreme that's going to mess you up so try and find something out there that kind of matches that two times a week for squat and deadlift and four times for bench, maybe one or two up, up or down, uh, or one up or down would 
still be fine. And then you can match the volume or similar. So you can go to that athlete profile tab, see what the volume looks like for each week, or just take the entire five weeks and see what the total volume is for five weeks and see what programs are out there. That's kind of in that range. Yeah, I definitely would try and keep it in the same zone um, without having any major fluctuations, especially in the volume. Yeah. Um, or you could hire one of us as a coach. <laughs> that's always the other option i mean part of this part of this podcast is for the coach members at the gym and our online uh coached uh lifters so they can do this as a free five-week program to kind of get back into um their their regular base level of strength or as close as possible to it and then from there in week four or five you just contact your coach and say hey i want to start up back to regular training on this week and then we just transition you right back into our, our regular one-on-one coaching. Yeah, it's pretty uh, sound advice. Um, anything else? Uh, the only thing would be, again, like I said, if, um, on that info or intro tab, it has information about us, our coaching page, our gym page, email, Instagram. So if there's any questions that you have that are not answered in this podcast, then we'll have the information there to contact us. Uh, if there's any issues with the files not working for you or something like that, again, you can contact us. We'll see what the issue is, if it's like a formula issue or anything like that. And then if you have any feedback for us, always you can use those um, pages and then the email and Instagram to contact us with any feedback of, of things that we can do with this program uh, going forward or different types of programs. If people like the at-home program, people like the returning to the gym program, if you have any ideas, they can always let us know. Yeah, and uh, feel free to reach out. Feel free to share um we'd love to hear feedback on it too so uh get in touch yeah that's pretty much it and uh always make it nice 